Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Zorza. Africa, Amuka na Unai. Good morning and welcome to Africa Rise and Shine. This is Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, coming to you live from Johannesburg in South Africa. We are on the frequency 6145 kHz on the 41 meter band to Southern Africa and on 15255 kHz on the 19-metre band to Far West Africa. I'm Lulu Gabu in studio with Anne Musa, Jalani Tulo and Msubudi Makura. In our top stories on Africa Rise and Shine at the Sawa, Thousands flee Burundi after violent anti-government protests. SADC leaders prepare to meet in Harare this morning and UN Security Council extends its mission in Western Sahara. In economics, Libya's civil war forces European companies to write off assets in North Africa. And in sports news, the world awaits the richest fight in boxing history. But first up, the news with Anne Musa. A very good morning to you. More than 200 Nigerian schoolgirls abducted from their school dormitories by Boko Haram militants last year are not among the nearly 300 girls and women rescued and an army operation yesterday. Nigeria's army says it has rescued 200 girls and 93 women during a military operation to wrest back the Sambisa forest in the northeast from the militant group. Colonel Sani Osman says those rescued were however not from Chibok, the village from which more than 200 girls were abducted in April last year. The recent attacks on foreign nationals in South Africa are likely to be discussed at the one-day meeting of the SADC Extraordinary Summit, which starts in Harare today. Seven people, including three South Africans, were killed during the attacks, with shops belonging to foreign nationals looted and thousands of people displaced. As Ntebo Mukobo reports, countries whose nationals were affected like Malawi, Mozambique, DRC and Zimbabwe want answers. South Africa admits that attacks on foreign nationals have shamed its reputation. And today, President Jacob Zuma will come face to face with at least 10 presidents in the region to explain the shameful deeds of his countrymen. And Malawian Foreign Minister George Chaponda says this one cannot be ignored. I don't think we can comfortably talk about industrialization without an issue which is of interest to everybody. It is most likely that President Zuma will address this issue because not only Malawians, also Zimbabweans have been affected. DRC has been affected. Meanwhile, South Africans were united in condemning the attacks through much and social dialogues. 
Provisional results indicate that Togo's president, Fonyasakbe, has won a third term with 58.75% of the vote in Saturday's polls. His nearest rival was opposition leader Jean-Pierre Fabre with 34.95% of the vote. Nyasakbe was widely tipped to win Saturday's vote and early results suggested he had secured a comfortable margin. If confirmed, the results will extend the grip of Nyasakbe's family on the country beyond The United Nations is warning that the people of Nepal are in a race against time as teams of emergency responders rush to a country devastated by an earthquake that has killed thousands. Government officials have indicated that the death toll could rise to 10,000 and as the UN warns of the challenges it faces in reaching and helping the tens of thousands of survivors. Dr. Richard Brennan of the World Health Organization explains their immediate concerns. We're particularly concerned at the present time about life-threatening injuries, including head injuries, uh, uh, spinal injuries, uh, what we call crush syndrome, and, and, and obviously fractures and so on. Australia has recalled its ambassador from Indonesia in protest at the execution of two Australians. The Brazilian government also expressed its deep dismay at the execution of one of its citizens. Indonesia executed eight of the nine convicted drug smugglers yesterday despite international calls for clemency. A Filipino woman was unexpectedly not among those put to death. The men from Nigeria, Australia, Brazil and Indonesia were shot by the firing, by firing squad on a prison island. Channel Africa supports the hashtags say no to xenophobia and we are one. That's the news headlines at 8.30 Central African time. Thank you, Anne. It is exactly 8.05 Central African time and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine. We're coming to you live from Johannesburg on this Wednesday, April the 29th, the 119th day of 2015 with 246 days left in the year. Our top story, Morocco has rebuked the African Union as biased without legitimacy while accusing the organization of becoming toxic on the issue of Western Sahara. These comments came after the UN Security Council renewed for one year the mandate of the UN's mission to the territory without any significant changes to its parameters, despite little to no progress in political negotiations between Morocco and the Polisario Front seeking independence. Minusro remains the only mission in the UN without a human rights monitoring function, while a UN-backed independence referendum scheduled for 1992 has stalled. Sean Bryce Peace reports. The draft resolution has been adopted unanimously as Resolution 2218 of 2015. Even the three African Council members, Angola, Nigeria and Chad, voted in favour of the text, affirming the view that the UN remains central to the political process, despite the AU expressing its disappointment with the necessary compromise. The AU is on record as supporting a political process that will lead to a referendum of self-determination for the people of the territory. But Morocco's ambassador, Omar Hilal, sees the African Union as partisan. The AU cannot be judge and party. 
AU have already taken its decision, taken its side. They introduce or they integrate the so-called Polisario state. So they will come here to push the process or they will come here to promote the Algerian and the Polisario uh, ideas and positions. So as far as uh, uh, EU is taking this biased position, they have no legitimacy. They discredited their role and their contribution. He called for the AU to allow the UN to do its work without interfering. It's only because the AU or AU uh, OAU have failed in settling the problem. It's after the failure of the African Union that the issue have been sent to the Security Council. So now the AU is becoming toxic for this issue. Uh, we are not against the role of the AU in any other African issue, and we are cooperating with them. Morocco is backing any effort by international community or EU. But in the Sahara, they, cannot, they have no role and they cannot play any role. The day they will uh, freeze or suspend the Polisario, they can, and being neutral, they will be welcome and we will give them our hand. The AU ambassador Antonio Tete took exception. We have a, a, a legitimacy. First, it is an African territory. So what we are saying, we have been cooperating with the, as a strategic partner with the United Nations on all issues concerning the African continent. Why shouldn't we speak about Western Sahara? We have the, the natural legitimacy even before even we come to, to legal grounds. And what is being said, but uh, the AU cannot be judged and party. The AU is not asking to replace the United Nations. What we are saying, the United Nations have been there for long and nothing is moving. So we want things to move. The AU had pushed for an open briefing on the matter in council. That would have allowed Special Envoy President Joachim Cesano and other interested countries to speak in the chamber. But the council opted to limit speakers to membership only. We should be heard at least. We did ask for the coming of President Cesano to New York to brief the Security Council. At, at least to hear what the Africans are. Uh, we know our difference as Africans on the issue. But what is sure? But uh, we are all agree that there is a problem in Africa. And this problem is Western Sahara. Apart from the over-conflict in which we are, we, are, we, are, we are working with the United Nations. The new council resolution calls on the parties to show political will and work in an atmosphere propitious for dialogue in order to enter into a more intensive and substantive phase of negotiations. I'm Sherwin Bricepies in New York. The SADC Extraordinary Summit on Industrialization begins in Harare this morning. Regional leaders will look at ways of industrializing the SADC region by fast-tracking value addition and beneficiation of the region's mineral resources in a bid to create jobs and end poverty. This summit was proposed in August last year and a regional ministerial task force was mandated to consider the strategy and roadmap for industrialization in the region. Ndeba Mukobo has more from Harare. The SADC member states have realized that they are endowed with a lot of natural resources where raw materials are in abundance and now they need to establish industries that will process these materials into finished goods in order to enhance trade and economic development in the region. Today, regional leaders called a meeting in Harare under the theme Regional Strategy and Roadmap for Industrialization. This meeting will give guidance to expedite the development of the regional industrial strategy. Speaking to the SAPC ahead of the summit, 
Finance Minister Ntantlan says progress has been made in fast-tracking beneficiation and value addition. There is progress because this is building on the summit that we had in Victoria Falls last year. The ministers of trade and industry were tasked to develop and conclude on the regional indicative strategic development plan. Its adoption is actually going to be finalized in August at the summit. And some progress has been made. Parts of it have been agreed to with the road 